Ladies and gentlemen, technical difficulties be damned. Welcome <laughs> to the Midgar Made It Podcast, the 100th episode, episode of the Midgar Made Podcast. We made it. Let's go. Who would have thought? Against all odds, we've, <laughs> we've made it to episode 100. And uh, yeah, we have a, a very special episode uh, in store for you guys today. And, uh, but, you know, before we get into it, uh, we, of course, would love to thank the lovely, lovely folks over in the Mosey Gang who have uh, endured and supported us through this entire process, and we could not love them enough. And, you know, let's just remind everyone who those people are. That would be Skyle. Uh, Skyle. Skyle. <laughs> new new member of the Mosa Gang, Skyle. Uh, Scott, Kyle, AJ, Danny, Kevin, Jillian, Brienne, Matt, Sam, Charlotte, Cameron, Garrett, Den, Dan M, Ryan, Petros, Matt M, Thios48, and Colton. Thank you guys so, so much. And, you know, I realized I'm doing this backwards because uh, my name is Chris, by the way, if you don't if you don't already know that. And I'm joined by my lovely co-host, yes. Nick. Nick, how and you doing? I, I'm, I'm doing great, man. And I just want people to know that we've completely stumbled into this episode. So if you've yeah. ever thought <laughs> about starting a podcast, just know that you can... Even when you get to episode hundred, yeah, there'll still be mistakes. Dude. Yeah, I, still, I just we're still ironing things out. Uh, you know, we're still we're still not professionals at this point, dude. So, it, but, was you know, it was maybe fun, by episode two hundred we'll get there. You know, we probably maybe. had the biggest held up we've ever had at the start of a podcast just <laughs> yeah. now. I had it's some already... serious difficulties before we started rolling, ladies and gentlemen. And everything, but we made yeah, it. <laughs> everything is going bad. I'm doing the the intro backwards, but hey, <laughs> at least, at least, you know, this is you know, uh, this is a celebration of this podcast. And what what better way to celebrate this podcast than by uh, a good old fumble <laughs> at a the good last old minute? <laughs> but. Anyways, uh, thank you, uh, members of the Mosey Gang, so, so much. Uh, And if you, dear listener, would love to be a part of the Mosey Gang, you get access to our Discord and uh, talk to us and talk to everyone else in our lovely little community here about all things FF7 and other stuff as well. Um, We have links in the episode description and in our social media bios as well um just for one dollar a month that's all you need nothing uh, nothing too crazy and who one knows one dollar a month once basically and that's it that's <laughs> you know all you I mean? need to do yeah that's... no even if you want to just give us something a little bit you know just a, a one-time donation you can get yourself in there uh just doing i've always that. wanted that's to totally make that fine. i've always wanted to make that so clear like the, the whole discord with the mosey gang thing it's not like a subscription service yeah you, know, no, if you donate no. once and you can't you can't donate again, or you can't donate anymore. We don't kick you out. You stay in. You know, it's... Absolutely. Yeah. And I've even had people in the... Uh, that are members of the Mosey Gang uh, who said, yeah, unfortunately, you know, that the money was tight for them, and they couldn't uh, support us. And it's like, hey, no problem, man. You, you know, you're you're always going to be a part of our community. You will still exactly. shout you out, you know. Unless we start maybe getting up to, like, hundreds of names, maybe <laughs> we'll still be calling out people's names uh, in every uh, episode. So, yeah, you know, just if you only want to give us a little bit, you know, you don't have to join the Discord either. You could, you know, do whatever yeah, you no, want. Yeah, no, we maybe, have some Mosey you know. Gang members who, who stay in the shadows. They're in deep yeah. ground. Like Scott, <laughs> yeah, Scott, Mosey yeah. Gang member since day one. He's in deep ground. 
Yeah, he's in deep ground, but you know he's there, and you know we we love each and every one of you. Even if you don't give us uh, any gill, we we just love having you here. If you just listen from the sidelines and you haven't reached out to us or anything, uh, just know that we we still see you and we still uh, love you regardless. Oh yes, uh, and yeah, but with um, that out of the way. Um, yeah, so this episode's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we're not <laughs> specifically... Oh, bless you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> talking about... Still fumbling, um, still fumbling. You know, we, we uh, really kind of wanted this episode to be um, a little bit more focused uh, on the members of the Mosey Gang. Uh, and kind of, you know, s- sort of be a celebration of the, the podcast and this little community that we have now. And uh, that's kind of going to be like the main... Uh, we have some audio submissions... Uh, from some of the folks over in the Mosey Gang, and uh, we're gonna play those out here and uh, listen to them. And you know, if they have any questions and stuff, we're gonna answer that as well. And just kind of, I don't know, we're just gonna gonna kind of wing it at this point because, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we we were sort of you know a little you know behind the scenes uh, talk here, but we were sort of not sure what to do for the 100th episode because you know we, we knew that we wanted to do something special and we wanted to involve right. more than just uh, us because you know we're <laughs> you guys have listened to us for 100 episodes so yeah you know, figured, this you know, podcast isn't just us at least yeah not, yeah not anymore you know that's the beautiful thing about it. yeah it started out as just uh you know two <laughs> friends talking about a thing that they like and then it uh eventually blossomed into this uh beautiful thing that i still am sort of speechless about sometimes where I'm like, man, I didn't think that, you know, I had no expectations that I was just like, Oh, this is just a fun Dude, thing. You know, you? we were going to do once a week and, you know, just kind of, you know, do it. And that was it. There was no, there was no expectation of anything. Could you like, could you have imagined that like, dude, a hundred episodes in just over two years, mm-hmm. like, and look, don't get me wrong. Like when it comes to the compilation, we're starting to run a little thin on material. But even with just this new rebirth drop and everything coming up with Ever Crisis and you know um, and Crisis Core reunion dropping, mm-hmm. there's it's so amazing to me how much there is to talk about with this yeah. series. How much love and care and detail and lore and mythology, everything that they've put into the series, like. I always knew it was a lot, but ever since we started this podcast, I've grown like a whole new appreciation for this. I really feel like the world of FF7 is Square Enix's baby above every other universe they've built in the last 20, 30 years. I genuinely feel like this one is their baby and it shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely, you know, the one that has gotten the most attention and, you know, people are like, oh, you know, where is ff9 whereas all these other things and i think you know they definitely still care about those other entries but seven is you know you know the one you know it's the one that you know even anybody who knows anything really about final fantasy most likely knows stuff from seven you know even if they're not avid final fantasy fans or they don't even play video games like if someone sees a picture of cloud they're like oh that's the that's the guy from you know final fantasy or uh, I guess people could be like, that's the guy from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I guess there's definitely, there's definitely got to be some people out there that have never even touched. I actually, I actually know somebody who hates Final Fantasy games, uh, but loves Kingdom Hearts for some reason. And I, I, I that's very odd. I don't understand that at all. <laughs> it was very odd. There's, there's quite a lot of overlap, especially lately. Now that Final Fantasy has kind of adopted action combat. I mean, let's be honest. Between fifteen. 
uh, remake and now 16. That's three straight big budget Final Fantasy titles that have gone action RPG. Yeah. And, and I honestly, think... 14 is pretty much there too. Yeah. Yeah. From what I've seen of 14, it pretty much is like, you know, we've entered into the, you know, action. Yeah. Like the action combat side of things uh, instead of, you know, the traditional turn based sort of thing. Uh, right. Which, you know, I, I still, I, you know, I still can appreciate the turn-based stuff. I'm very curious to see what, uh, like, younger uh, people think about it. The people who didn't grow up on the turn-based stuff and kind of only have been playing the more action-oriented stuff and how they handle that. Because I've always been curious. Because I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm used to turn-based RPGs because that's what I played growing up, you know? It's like... That like I'm totally cool even going back and playing FF7 original now and being like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, slower paced. But, you know, I mean, there's still a lot of great turn based RPGs that are coming out like, you know, Persona and such, you know. So I think there's still uh, there's still people out there that have the patience for it. <laughs> maybe I don't know, maybe not so much the older uh, FF uh, Final Fantasy titles because they can be a little bit more. Not only is it you know take a, a little bit more patience, it's also you know st- they were still figuring stuff out back then, uh, <laughs> gameplay wise. Well, do you so think they're gonna perfect. do? You, do you think FF Seven is gonna give the at least Rebirth is gonna give the special attention to the turn based combat? Because I feel like even though it was an option in remake, it was kind of brushed on the side compared to the action combat. Um, do you think they go over the turn base with a fine tooth comb for the future? I, you know, honestly, I don't really... Because uh, I never really played the, uh, whatever, the classic mode or whatever in uh, in Remake, really. So I wasn't 100% certain uh, how that stuff could work. I mean, I guess they kind of... Uh, the way that the combat is in Remake, it's kind of almost like a half blend of, of both. Like, I could see that, I could see how you could do it turn-based, but... I don't know, I feel like the, the more action-oriented... Um, combat is just it suits it way more or better in my opinion i feel like i mean they could but i would also not be upset if they sort of left that stuff behind you know i felt like maybe they were just trying that out in remake and being like oh is this feasible like could we do that um to sort of maybe appeal to they also uh, might have been testing the waters and seeing like hey what are people going to embrace more that is that is also uh could potentially be true because i i you know Looking back at stuff now, I feel like how they've done it in Remake up to this point is, like, I want to say that they were testing out stuff. And that only that feeling only ever really got stronger with uh, Intermission, where I was like, okay, so it seems like they're just, they're, they set that fine base layer, right, to build all this stuff upon, and now they're just going to tweak it every so often as they, you know, we get other games and, you know, probably other DLC in the future as well. And it will ultimately culminate into this, you know, hopefully, uh, <laughs> very nice and polished thing uh, at the very end, whatever the third game ends up being called. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I could, I could see them, you know, uh, having a, you know, they could just have a straight up sec- separate sort of mode. But I mean, I, did you did you try any of the classic turn based sort of whatever mo however yeah, they call it. Yeah, I gave it, it a remake. shot. I gave it a shot, but I missed the action RPG right away. Like it yeah. it's fun. It's fun, don't get me wrong. But basically what happens is like your standard combat 
it kind of just goes on to autopilot and then you just choose from the commands what you want to do. Oh, okay. See, now I feel like I wouldn't like that because... See, I, I didn't like it. I, I definitely... Because I, there are other RPGs like... Because uh, that kind of reminds me of like Xenoblade, um, if anyone's familiar with that, uh, where it's kind of like once a battle starts, your character's just like attacking automatically and then you every so often pick like a special move or you know magic or whatever it may be right and that's kind of how that and it i don't know that sort of autopilot combat is not uh, it's definitely not my preferred way of doing things but you know i mean there's probably some people out there that prefer it i i particularly don't uh i kind of like either having it be straight up turn-based or having it be all action and like you're actually you know you're you're mashing the button and stuff's happening you know yeah kind of having that that one me too as much as it thing. as much as it might try to like make me feel nostalgic for like og ff7 and the turn base as we say so many times on this podcast that's what the og ff7 is therefore you know it's not going anywhere if you're looking for that and honestly the turn base comeback in og ff7 Still feels awesome today, man. Like it's still yeah, fun. It still to works. Play that. It's still fun to play that roulette wheel for Tifa's limit break. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's still fun. Um, you know, and that, that's as long as I feel like as long as there's the you know the option of going back and playing the older games the way that they originally were, and you know, like I said, of course there are other JRPGs that come out like Persona and and others. I'm sure that have that more traditional turn-based sort of stuff. And, you know, turn-based can be, you know, once, you know, a, a system that you thought might have been pretty limited and be like, oh, how could they improve upon this? Like, no, I mean, as long as you get that flow going, if it has a great flow and, you know, things are, you know, kind of, you can tie things into each other and stuff, which the Persona games did very well of, like, having a system where it's like you can, you know, attack and then, you know, lead attacks into other attacks and things like that and, um... Other games like uh, Bravely Default did it as well, where it was like they had their own little spin on it. And I feel like maybe there could be uh, some of that stuff maybe in the future of of uh, Rebirth or and you know whatever the I still I want to call the third game Reunion, and I still for whatever reason I feel like that's going to be what it's going to be called anyway, <laughs> even though it's that very Crisis Core Reunion is coming out, but. Um, I think that would be weird to have two FF7 games called Reunion, but, you know, at this point, anything goes, <laughs> I guess. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, ultimately, I would love them to sort of dive a little bit deeper into the action side of things and make that stuff a little bit deeper and a little bit more, you know, because as, as great as it was in Remake, it definitely felt like, all right, there could be more here. It did... Yeah. You know, like the dynamics of playing, uh, you know, fighting with a full team of people uh, felt really good. And being able to sort of link stuff between people and just the fl the general flow of combat in that game, especially when you had like a full party of people, was like really, it felt really good and satisfying. And I just want them to double, triple, quadruple down on that stuff and, you know, maybe make it a little bit deeper. Not saying you need to put in, like, inputs or anything like that, anything crazy like that, but, um, you know, would like to have a little bit more than just, like, basic attack, you know, and then you have, oh, you can, you know, maybe give everybody a launcher, give, you know, 
something like that, even though we were, I think we spent the last episode being like, they should not have as much aerial combat <laughs> in these games with characters that aren't suited for it. Um, but, you know, setting stuff up, you know, I think, you know, we've talked before about the team-up attacks, you know, like have, you know, Tifa uppercut someone into the air and then have Barrett be like, oh, and then he like, you know, shoots him out of the air or something like that, you know? Little things like that I feel like could be where I want the combat system to go moving forward but you know we'll see yeah again as 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 refreshing as it might be to to make the old feel new again when it comes to turn based uh you know the action the action combat they've created is so good i don't even think they need to worry about that but where does where does ff7 rank for you like as far as games go like all time for games Hmm. that og ff7 where does that rank for you today hmm now it has been a little while since I've played through OG. I mean, I, I played started playing through it. I think a little bit in uh, 2020, um, just because I was like hot off of remake, and I'm like, ooh, I want to like compare them like back to back. But I didn't end up getting to the end of it. Um, but uh, it's interesting now because I have played a lot of games since OG FF7 uh, in just in general, but definitely played a lot of games that have sort of that could easily be like a top 10 for me. Um, I would still put it in top 10, uh, in terms of games that like, in like having an impact on me. Um, I don't know exactly where it would be cause I would have to think about all the other games that are up there. Um, but it definitely still ranks pretty high for me. Um, even going back and, uh, you know, playing it for that little bit, I still, you know, I think obviously nostalgia, uh, <laughs> kind of clouds it a lot, uh, pun intended, um, but yeah, I still think it's a great game. It's a solid, uh, it's a solid thing. And I, I, I really hope that, you know, it doesn't get forgotten with all this other great, cool stuff that's coming out. I, I don't think it will, but you know, I think it's one of those games that will be, you know, it will be around in some form, uh, on what, wherever, wherever games go in the future. Um, I think you'll always be able to play that game and that's, and I think that's great. Cause I think, um, you know, aside from being so big in our personal histories, I mean, it's one of the, you know, I would say in terms of like the general landscape of video games is a pretty influential game and has so much impact and has lasted all this time and has not, you know, imploded on itself, <laughs> at least not mm-hmm. yet. Um, so that's definitely, you know, considering how there's a lot of franchises that go on for, you know, this length of time and have imploded on themselves that, you know, it's definitely worth noting (laughs) that, um, at least as it stands right now, who knows, maybe by the time all this stuff ends, we'll be like, this was a huge mistake. They should have never have done it. Uh, but I highly doubt (laughs) that that's going to be the outcome that we get. Um, but yeah, I would still, I would safely have it up there somewhere in the top 10. I don't know where though in the top 10, somewhat, somewhere up there. It lands um, somewhere in there. If you're anything yeah. like me, those positions change every single day. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And especially, you know, with, you know, we get so many great bangers that come out now almost consistently. Um, it's still, uh, it's an ever, ever, uh, evolving list but I think it will stay in the at very least the top 10. It, you know, it, it used to be like top five. And then, you know, as just time has passed, you know, and have so many other great games have come out. Um, it does, you know, kind of get moved down a little bit, but not because of like, I think it's a bad game or a worse game or anything, but, um, you know, 
time and, you know, the age of it, it's definitely, you know, it doesn't do it any favors <laughs> in in regards, yeah. you know, to other great games that have come out since. And not saying that, you know, just because something is newer that makes it better or anything, but, you know, there's definitely, you know, I mean, I, I mean, depending on how this new trilogy goes, I mean, I might put the new stuff before OG in a lot of ways, um, just because this like reimagining of everything sort of, I don't know, maybe because I'm a, a lot more into it now. Like I was into OG when it came out like a, a lot, but you know, I guess maybe this, you know, revisiting in it, uh, in this new style and, you know, new everything basically like, you know, it definitely helps it a lot and maybe just has maybe a recency bias as well, you know, where it's like, Oh, it's, you know, something that I played a lot more sooner <laughs> than uh, OG. But, yeah, no, I, I still, I will always um, look back on OG fondly. And uh, even if it, you know, is definitely, <laughs> you can definitely feel its age when you play it. You know, it's definitely, um, it's not a timeless game in that way of like mechanically speaking, but in terms of the story, obviously, and all that, all, everything else basically it is, it is definitely a timeless classic. I would definitely describe it as that for sure. Um, but what do you, what do you, how would you rank it? Nick, I'm, I'm the I'm same curious. as you. I put it in my top 10 and I often struggle every day, whether or not it's my top final fantasy. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that I, to me is also a hard one. Yeah, and when I play it today, so much of it still holds up. It's mm -hmm. music, it's combat, the characters, the story. The only thing I'd say is weak is the world exploration. Anything yeah. world exploration. And and even that isn't bad. It's just that's it's the just thing that's dated the most out yeah, of all the stuff. Yeah, it's limited by its time for sure. You and know, given when you like, get the airship... When you get the airship, it's awesome, but you don't get that till yeah. the last leg of the game at the end of the day. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's definitely, you know, and I think even just, like, the fact that, you know, remake and rebirth and everything going forward is going to have, like, voice acting. And I, I, we had talked about it before, and especially, I think, on a more recent episode, that the voice acting, for me, takes a lot, like, does so much for this story and this world that, you know, if I was as captivated as I was back then with the world and the story just through text boxes, like now just it's all tenfold with that, with uh, with dialogue, because you can have all those, you know, little subtle sort of things of like... I mean, not know, even just dialogue, and, dude. Not even just dialogue, right? Like facial expressions. Yeah, the, an yeah, the anima you know, yeah, animations and, in general. Yeah. And stuff like that goes such a long way. Instead so, of so, just people raising their arms up and shaking their heads. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like that was shaking, kind of the... A shaking polygon so that you know that yeah, they're the, angry, right? Exactly. The, the PS1 special of like, yeah, people, you know, putting, you know, shrugging with both of their arms up, shaking their heads or putting, you know, one hand on their hip and then raising the other one, you know, like very <laughs> simple sort of stuff. But, you know, hey, um, it definitely lent itself to, you know, uh, people with active imaginations like myself and you can kind of sort of fill in the blanks and do the heavy lifting that way. But nowadays we kind of... You know, a lot of that stuff can be done in the game itself, and it's, you know, you can uh, uh, enjoy it in a much smoother way, 
And, you know, of course, obviously, some people kind of prefer having the sort of mental leeway with kind of interpreting things a certain way. And I mean, that could still happen with, you know, today's technology with, you know, your voice acting and animation and things like that. But um, it definitely feels more, obviously, more cinematic. And, you know, there's definitely more um, cohesiveness, I feel like, that just, it, I don't know, it, it, it just raises, it elevates the experience so much more. Uh, in a way that I wouldn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily think about um, going into remake so much as like when I was playing it and being like, man, like this, <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to like, it, I was going to be so much more connected to these characters because they feel like actual people now instead of like, you know, lines of dialogue and a couple of polygons, you know, not that, you know, not that I wasn't connected to these characters beforehand, but it just, I don't know, it enhances the whole thing for me you know well yeah exactly because it brings a level of realism to it you know and not realism in the sense like oh this is realistic and can happen but realism in the sense that you know you now when you see a frightened face on a character you know you you remember a time you made such a face you know mm -hmm. and that that goes for you know uh, a gleeful face as well not just you know frightened but yeah you know yeah, no, with all, absolutely with all that considered you know it's a game that for all intents and purposes, definitely has shown its age. You boot it up right away. You know you're playing Grandpa's game. Hate to break it to you all <laughs> out there. If you grew up with this Fantasy. game like you, if you grew up with this game like we did, you're an old you're an old person now. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, you know it's it's such a timeless game because it's <sighs> Final Fantasy was always just a, a series of one offs. It was just a series of Here's an installment, a numbered installment. Here's a story. There we go. Yeah, there was something you can about drive this a game train in this one. Exactly, <laughs> and there was just something that, that was, was kind of it. Yeah, clearly so special about this particular game that it took a series that was just constantly doing one off, one off, one off, one off, one off, and they went, "Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna keep going. We're, we're gonna we're not gonna stop. Bit. We're mm -hmm. not gonna stop." And they haven't stopped literally since FF7 OG came out. They've decided they're going to continue fleshing this out. And yeah, I don't think it's an accident. More and more. Yeah. I don't think it's an accident. I think they've captured something so special with this series because here I am, a grown man, and I feel gifted, man. You know, you were kind of going into it a little bit earlier where it's like I've seen so many franchises fall by the wayside, get bought out by some megacorp, and then they lose their soul. Um, mm. It gets taken over, like taken over by you know, some new a director or some new or, team. Yeah. And like, I've just seen it. I've seen so much of beloved properties and franchises suffer that fate. And who knows, perhaps one day it's going to happen to Final Fantasy 2 when all these guys retire and step down. And maybe the new teams yeah. that come in, we don't like them so much. But I feel blessed that we've gone yeah, all the no, way from I... OG to this new remake series and we pretty much, for the most part, have the same heads working on it. So to me, yeah. there's no series quite as special as FF7. Like, I think Kingdom Hearts will always be my favorite game series. Just because, to me, the consistency at which some of those games are put out are, is remarkable. Um, in terms of their quality. But, mm -hmm. to me, FF7 has just become this close second over the years. Where it's like, Final Fantasy as a series is an all-time favorite of mine. But like the FF7 world, man, I'm so enveloped in it and there's no other world I want to see fleshed out more than this to the point that I am looking more forward to Rebirth 
than I am Kingdom Hearts 4. I'm excited for both, but they've got me they've got me all in here. They've yeah, got me yeah, all I mean, in here. You know, the fact that they were, you know, and one of my biggest complaints about all the compilation stuff, you know, as I've said probably many times <laughs> on this podcast before, is that it all felt like I'm glad that they had put, you know, all these extra things out there to sort of, you know, flesh out the world a little bit more and the characters a little bit more. But it felt so weird and disjointed and just was like, you know, they it all felt very loosely tied together. And, you know, the most exciting part about all this to me is seeing all that stuff sort of reincorporated into one cohesive thing where it's like, okay, you know, especially when you look at something like Dirge, right, where I felt it the strongest there, where I was just like, man, this feels very, like, tacked on and unnecessary. Um, seeing them reapproach these these different games and stuff and all this other material and, and bringing it in together, I feel like is to me going to be the most interesting part of it aside from the you know the new stuff that we're getting and this new narrative that they're sort of trying to tell here which we still don't know what that is uh <laughs> and what and what direction they are going to go for it uh necessarily but um yeah i think you know this seeing this the level of care that they put into 7 specifically um, has been very interesting to see because, you know, like we were saying, it's not not every game or even any every franchise gets this level of care. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the time, you know, especially like a beloved franchise can, you know, maybe not get an entry for a number of years and then another one comes out and it's not great because it's not doesn't have any of the original people or anything. It's like a whole new team and, you know, kind of loses its identity a little bit. Um, but with this game, I mean, or this franchise, it, it just, you know, is interesting to see that they, yeah, they, they rounded up all the old heads from the original, right? And then they were like, okay, you guys can handpick people that you want because, you know, obviously, you know, we've already seen that, you know, the big guys, you know, Kitase and Nomura and all these other guys, you know, they have other stuff going on. So, and, you know, they don't necessarily have to be. And I feel like this whole entire this remake trilogy is going to be the passing of the torch to this, you know, younger generation. And, you know, we had talked before about how, you know, a lot of the people who worked on remake were people who grew up playing OG and, you know, sort of are, com you know, completing the circle as it were. And it's like, you know, handing it off to a group of people. I feel like even and if FF seven does continue on past this, um, and even if Nomura or Nojima or anyone wasn't involved, I feel like it would be in a lot better hands be just because of how much care that they're putting into it now, right? Like, easily, like, FF7 could have easily been a thing where they're just like, yeah, let's make, uh, you know, mobile games and whatever, and, you know, just have it, you know, let's commodify this thing just like any other property would be, right? But the fact that they are treating it with this level of care... Um, does make me feel a little bit more at ease that we won't see that sort of thing happen, at least to FF7, and, you know, not to really say <laughs> that it wouldn't happen to Final Fantasy in general, but it seems like with FF7 in particular, they're very much like, no, we can't, we cannot fuck this up, which is good, because a lot of the times it does <laughs> get fucked up, and they're just like, yeah, whatever, you know, it says FF7 on the box, people will buy it, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm glad that they are at least uh, seemingly 
taking it a, a little bit more seriously and treating it as a sort of this very special uh, once in a lifetime sort of thing, which, you know, I, I would agree that it is. I don't think it's really hyperbolic to say that, you know, because there hasn't really been a lot of games like FF7 um, that right. have come out and have had this level of reverency and respect, you know, and it has been continued to be treated with such, uh, you know, reverency and respect at, at, up until this point, which, you know, is, you know, a, a more increasingly rare thing to see. Um, so that always makes me feel a little bit better. At least it's like, all right, you know, it's being, it's being built by people who care and, you know, aside from the original people that were involved that obviously cared about it a lot then, and even to the point now of like, you know, like, hey, yeah, we want to take another stab at this and, you know, try some new stuff. Um, which, again, a another thing that is not very, um, you know, it's not it's not a very common thing where you have somebody who created something that was influential and then wanted to come back. And be like, yeah, no, let's do it again and do it slightly different and, you know, have other stuff going on. Like, it's it's kind of a super rare thing, like, thinking about it now. Because I actually hadn't really thought about this until you brought it up. Of, like, that is not really a common thing you see with other games or other franchises where, you know, you have these guys, you know, you may have, you know, you'll bring them back maybe to do, you know, some consulting or whatever. And then it ends up being, like, not having that same vision that it had, you know, back in the day. And right. I feel like that's the way more common outcome with these sorts of things. But, you know, at least as of now, it doesn't seem to be the case. So I'm, 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 I'm happy and I'm glad uh, that that is what we're getting as of right now. And I can't wait to see uh, where it goes in the future. Me too, dude. And again, I feel... again. Feel blessed to be an FF7 fan and uh, yeah. bl blessed to be doing this podcast with you and with everybody who listens. And blessed to have the Mosey Gang, which I think maybe now yeah. might be a good time to hear a little something from the Mosey Gang. So, <laughs> you know, again, trying to get everyone together, seeing as, you know, everybody that we have connected is from all over the globe is a logistical yeah, it's nightmare. A, it's a logistical nightmare, exactly. Yeah, so... <laughs> We did ask our community a few questions, and we did do it on relatively short notice, so not everybody was able to get it in. But we did ask a few questions, and we asked them to uh, do a little pre-recording that we could share with all of you. And just for some context before we let them roll, the three questions we asked was, why do you love FF7 so much? What do you want to see most in Rebirth? And then a question for Big C and I to answer here. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, dude, you want to uh, roll the first clip? Yeah, well, actually, before we get into um, the, the audio clips here, just because I had one, um, just a quick text um, from uh, one of the members of the Mosey Gang, Garrett. Oh, sick. Uh, good old Gert Burst on the Discord. <laughs> uh, because, you know, we wanted to kind of leave it as open as possible for people. You know, obviously, we know people have schedules and things they have to, you know, they're busy with. So if they didn't have the time to write any or, you know, to record anything that they could send us. Uh, messages that they, you know, we would read out here as well. So it's, it's a really short one. Uh, so I just wanted to get it, uh, you know, get it in there. But um, Garrett says, y'all inspire the hell out of me. Uh, my personal FF7 journey has been alongside uh, with you uh, the entire time. From theories, commentary, to just general banter. I love this podcast and you. And we love you too, Garrett. Thank you so much. Dude, Garrett, <laughs> thanks so much, Those man. kind yeah. words. And I really think that captures how I feel too, man. With everybody, I feel like we're all along for the ride together. 
you know. Yeah, and, and that's really definitely been the most that. exciting part of all this for me, honestly, yeah. is having not not just being like it's just us. Like that was exciting enough, just like you know you and me. But now having all these other people um, with us that are sort of experiencing all this stuff, and we're all kind of theorizing together, like you know, and, and talking about stuff on the Discord. Mm-hmm. It's super fun, and it's honestly the the best part about doing all this is that we're able to do that because we didn't really get you know. I mean, at least me personally, like I didn't really have a lot of friends that played this game. Me neither. Um, I tried to get them the all same... to play it. I tried yeah. to get them all to play it. <laughs> yeah, I was always trying. I was always trying to ring that bell uh, for all these years. Um, but yeah, it, it is definitely nice to have a bunch of uh, other folks that are have been affected by this game in the same way, and we can sort of, you know, geek out over it and uh, you know have you know be a part of this new unknown journey, as it were. Um, but yeah, no, I I think. Uh, I'm very, very grateful for everyone here in the Mosa Gang. All the people who contributed and and not, and like I said, even the people that you know listen to us and don't say a word <laughs> to us, and they just uh, listen uh, passively in the background. Uh, we love all you guys, and uh, yeah. So, with uh, with that being said, um, let's get into uh, our first submission. Here is uh, Mosey Gang member uh, Jillian, uh, one of the OGs. One uh, of the OGs. <laughs> If I believe, uh, if if my memory serves me, um, and yeah, we're just uh, we're gonna play her uh, message here, and then we will uh, come back and uh, comment upon it uh, after that's done. So uh, here you go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jillian. Um, I love Final Fantasy VII because it was the first JRPG I played. Uh, my brothers and I spent so much time just sifting through the game, like glitching it using game sharks using cheat codes uh i remember sitting down and trying like writing out dialogue trees for how to get yuffie to stay in your party um there was just so much content in the original game and it was so much fun and it was the first game that i'd played like it um and it's honestly kind of set my standards for future rpgs for better or for worse um What I'm looking forward to seeing is just more combat in the next installment. I'm really excited to see how they improve upon some of the the complaints that people have. Like the aerial combat's pretty, you know, a pretty common complaint. Um, But we've already seen improvements on that. And outside of that, the combat is so much fun. Um, Even between like easy mode, normal mode, and hard mode. It's just fabulous. There's something great about each system. One complaint I do have that I would like to see addressed is the items or rewards that you get for playing on hard mode. Um, you can't use items in hard mode, so it always irritated me a little bit that like some of the side quests you'd get like a potion or an X potion and it was just completely useless to the player on hard mode. I would like to see like it could honestly like a reward could just be gill or you know just just give me more money or something. Um or like an item that breaks when you use it, like an equipable item. I think there's a pair of earrings that if you die mid-combat, it, the, the earrings break, but it like revives your health while you're in battle. So something like that, just, just an actual reward for some of these quests instead of items that are completely useless. Um, and then my question for you, Goofy Heads, is what's your biggest pet peeve about Final Fantasy VII and why is it Tifa's ponytail? All, All right. right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jillian, for that wonderful submission. Um, yeah, I mean, I I totally agree um, with the hard mode stuff. Um, I haven't spent too much time in uh, hard mode 
in uh, in remake, but it did seem a little weird that you know since you aren't allowed to use items that they would give you items as rewards for things like it, it definitely didn't feel like maybe they had fleshed that out as much as they could have exactly yeah um so like i i definitely i definitely agree and i know i know jillian likes to play things on the hardest difficulty and uh the most she to have the most crushing experience possible <laughs> well she's a big dark so, souls fan just to put is, it in perspective is. for the listener so yeah i definitely i definitely agree uh with all the things that she said there and um, yeah, you know, I've, I'm I'm glad that you know, FF7, you know, OG was, you know, a game that you know people do have. I mean, if you're old enough to have played it when it came out, um, has that sort of that that tie back in with everyone, you know, of like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, doing certain things. Like I have a lot of memories attached to me playing FF7 uh, OG, uh, so I'm glad that you know that is the same for. At least for Jillian, <laughs> at least. Um, but yeah, uh, pet peeves about FF7. Um, I <clears throat> and why I'm is sure. it Tifa's ponytail? You, you must <laughs> you have to address that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I personally don't have a problem with Tifa's ponytail. I know it, it definitely has become a bit of a meme <laughs> on the Discord. Uh, and I mean, I had never really thought about it, I guess, because, you know, I, I never, my hair has never really been that long. So I need to think about the logistics of, of, of a ponytail. But um, I think, I think Tifa's ponytail is fine. And I, it's been my, it's been my stance this whole time. <laughs> and, uh, but then as far as. What is pe- your pet peeve? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I, I, I really. I'm, hmm. Biggest pet peeve. I can uh, tell you mine. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I've gone into this a lot lately, but I don't give a shit. I need an explanation for why Sid is so freaking strong. It has been my biggest pet peeve oh, from the beginning. Okay. Every party member, we have an explanation. Cloud is a walking human experiment of Mako and Genova. Tifa studies the martial arts for, for years and years and years. Barrett's got a gun for a fucking arm. Vincent <laughs> was an experiment involving Mako and the like. Um, Yuffie is like the last shinobi of Wutai, hailing from a royal family who's been studying shino- like how to be a ninja since she was a kid. And there's just Sid, who's like this alcoholic, chain-smoking cigarette. Like, like I need, are you <laughs> kidding like, me? Yeah. He, should be, he should be puking mid-battle. How the hell does he have the most <laughs> HP? How the hell does he have the most HP? Uh, that, that's always been my biggest pet peeve. I you need a little what? explanation for why Sid is why Sid is just as tanky as Barrett. I need an explanation. <laughs> I need answers. I need answers. That's my pet peeve. As for Tifa's ponytail, listen, I had no problem with the whole dolphin ponytail thing. I think it looks cute. But then I saw pictures of Tifa with just like a normal mm, person short ponytail. Hair Tifa. Not short hair Tifa. I saw the pictures regular of her ponytail. With just a normal person ponytail. Yeah, like, like Jesse oh. style ponytail. Yeah. Like, oh. I'm like, oh, well, like it's it, great. It, it it definitely still works. I, I honestly think that short hair Tifa is also uh, pretty good. Uh, I I would totally be down uh, if they <laughs> change. But I'll I don't, tell you this. I don't think they would change her design. Let that, me tell you how Tifa's far, hair is changing gaming. I'll tell you right now. Here's how Tifa's hair is changing gaming. More often than not, the reason why female protagonists in video games have either short hair or a ponytail is because the the hair 
clashes with the back too much. Mm-hmm. So much that it breaks immersion. So typically, devs have always given female protagonists short hair, a hat, or ponytail. And if you think about a lot of female protagonists from like Lara Croft, Lara Croft on, you'll see it. But mm. you notice in remake, they didn't pull any punches. They were like, nope, we're going to figure this out. We're gonna let we're gonna let these we're gonna let her have some long hair and it's not gonna overly clash with her back. So yeah, and I think yeah, just uh, having like the physics and stuff. Yeah, there. I think it definitely is definitely like a technical limitation thing for sure. Yeah, it's a lot easier to have. And when we you know, say playable, a, I just want to clarify. When I say playable, I mean in like an action RPG setting. Obviously, in a turn-based setting, you can. You can work on the clash with long hair, but developers have often struggled in an action setting uh, with, with yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot more variables and things, you know, right to account for. Yeah, absolutely. I totally totally agree. Um, I guess now now they've had a little bit of time to think about it. Uh, my pet peeve, my biggest pet peeve with FF7, uh, probably Kate Sith. Honestly, <laughs> because I'm just like honestly, he's a weirdo. He's a fucking weirdo, and it. it, it I mean, there's a lot of weird shit in FF7, but I feel like Kate Sith has always stuck out like a sore thumb to me. I would and so. don't, I don't hate Kate Sith. I know it's, you know, contrary to popular belief, I don't hate the character. I mean, I think he's annoying, um, <laughs> but I don't hate him, especially. And I feel like uh, having the extra stuff in Dirge with Reeve and stuff like that, like kind of made me like Reeve as a character. And I guess by default, Kate Sith a little bit more um but I even back then was like I never had Kate Sith in my party I was always like you're you're such a weirdo and you don't like it seemed like you were ripped out of a different game and I honestly thought for a little bit that Kate Sith was like another character from like another franchise that like cameoed in the game or something because he felt that out of place to me that I was like there's no way that they <laughs> there's no way that this is a character for this game like it always felt weird to me um and I would say either that and probably since uh we were doing all the before crisis um stuff which we will finish I promise that we will <laughs> eventually finish before crisis um was that we didn't get more turk stuff um I didn't realize how much I liked the turks uh, until very recently, and I was like, man, I would love to see more Turks in FF7. And it was a shame that we didn't get it, uh, at least in OG. We have, you know, since gotten, you know, before Crisis and Crisis Core, you know, with Cisne and everything. Um, but yeah, it always did kind of bother me that there weren't more Turks and that they, you know, sort of... I mean, I, not that I have anything wrong, you know, or any problems with uh, Reno Rude or Elena in uh, in OG but I always felt like ah there there should have been more and there could have been more and you know I think we'll see in rebirth you know the reintroduction probably of Cisne and maybe some other you know maybe the maybe they'll have some other Turks come in that get uh, cuz we don't still don't know what happens at the end of before crisis so we don't know if all those other Turks in that game uh bite it or something maybe or there's a reason why we don't see them <laughs> at any other point moving forward but <laughs> Yeah, no, I would say, yeah, Kate Sith and the lack of Turks are the two biggest pet peeves that I could think of, at least at this moment right now. I'm sure maybe if I had some more time, uh, <laughs> I could think of uh, some others, but yeah, right off the top of my head, those have got to be the two biggest ones for me, at least. 
And I also kind of agree with you about the Sid thing, but I always, I always just was like, I, I think just Sid's really cool. <laughs> so yeah. I always like gave him a pass. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense really, but uh, I'll just be like, ah, he's just cool. He's got, you know, the, he's got the badass factor of, of uh, you know, just, just being a badass. And that's, you know, yeah, he just, he has the fighting spirit inside of him <laughs> that, that makes him do all these crazy things. Um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, I think, uh, do you think it's time that we, uh, we move on to the next? I think it's time we move on to the next. Thank you again, Jill, for yes, your submission. thank you, Jillian. So, so much. And, uh, yeah, so this next one is going to be from Cameron, uh, and he has a little bit longer one here, so we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get that rock. one rolling. Hello, Mosey Gang members and listeners of the podcast. My name is Cameron, and I am here to touch your eardrums with my annoying ramblings for a couple minutes. They, Chris and Nick asked in the Discord some questions, and I'm going to try to answer them here. First one was, why do I love Final Fantasy VII so much? Well, when I was a youth, I didn't really play that many RPGs, but my first one was Final Fantasy X. And while it's a great game, and I love it very much, uh, Seymour's kind of a shit villain comparatively. His music isn't that great either. But when you jump to Seven, Sephiroth, ten times better villain. His music, huge, better in all ways. And I, Final Fantasy Seven, always did always had some kind of sticking point for me i don't really know what that was but it just it always was it spoke to me i guess i don't know what it means but it left such a mark on me that i named one of my fucking children after it not gonna say which one it was kate sith which brings me to the second question what do i think will happen in rebirth first which will 100 percent happen we will know how to say kate sith at least in canon, we will have 100% saying so people can stop arguing about how to pronounce that name. It won't matter, as evidenced by Titus. People still prefer to call him Titus over his canon name, Titus. But we don't really, no one really cares that much about it. A few things I'd like to happen, which I don't think it will happen at all. Explain why the Shinra Mansion wasn't touched at all during the Nibelheim incident. How Vincent somehow slept through the whole goddamn thing. You could say, yeah, it's underground, so he couldn't hear it. Still, bullshit. And I think the biggest thing that I want, which will never happen, sideline Cloud. Cloud isn't the main hero of the Final Fantasy VII lore. When taken as, taken combined with everything, Zack has a better claim to the, as main character. He has more connections with everyone involved he's he's the main hero of the story and he just happens to be killed in the main timeline cloud is like a uh is like a side character that shows up in the second act and becomes important for no reason just because he flexed on sephiroth for a minute but the main thing i think could happen which little things in the game and remake shows that it might happen is cloud might kill Aerith. in was it chapter two when cloud first sees sephiroth 
in the alley. He's talking to him, and then at one point, Cloud attacks Sephiroth, and Sephiroth disappears, and but Cloud still attacks somebody. So what I can think see happening is that happening again, and when Cloud comes out of it, he's accidentally killed one of his party members, specifically Aerith. Because Genova's whole plan is about breaking Cloud to use him. I, I guess for the Black Materia. Or just knock him out of commission since it's presumed she knows what the fuck happens in the original timeline. And that would be huge because it would fucking break Cloud. It would destroy him inside and out. But, you know who could bring Seth, bring Cloud back from that break breaking point? Zack. Zack has already had to deal with killing somebody very important to him because of something he had to do. Zack is the main fucking character of Final Fantasy VII. And there's already evidence of Cloud, like, beating the shit out of Aerith in the OG. They already made him do that once before, so why don't they just up the ante and have him kill her? But I don't think that'll happen, because that would be too crazy and people would cry too much. And the third one, what would I want to ask them? We'll ask the host, what is a Midgar Minute? Based on the podcast itself, a Midgar Minute is somebody sneezing on another character and going on an hour and a half tangent about how that changes the shape of the Final Fantasy lore and reality altogether. Anyways, I that's it for me. Love you guys. If you want to bug me, find a way. See you. Oh, man. You know, I like the hot take. I like the hot take. I gotta say. I gotta say. I mean, I, I guess I'll start. Uh, dude, Cameron, thank you. That was a great submission. Uh, thanks for sharing all that with us. I, I will say to you, I think you're right that Zack is more important to the FF7 lore. But Cloud's the main character, my man. Yeah, I, and if you need further evidence, that... just ask who Sephiroth the main villain is interested in. That, that's now, all I would yeah, say. But I respect said, that opinion, though, because Zach mm-hmm. needs more respect for just how important he is in this story. So I respect the hell out of that opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I honestly, uh, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to hear what Nick has to say about this <laughs> because it is a very well, uh, very well known that uh, you're, you're very pro-Cloud. And, you know, we were at kind of talked about, you know, the possibility of Cloud dying in Rebirth or something to that effect. But I think and, but I, I think what he's bringing up is an adequate point in that they need to elevate Cloud. You know what I mean? Yeah, or he's he does, gonna he does be outshined need to have by more Zach. He'll be outshined by Zack if they don't agency, elevate him right. in some way. They need exactly. to make it clear this is his story. If he's going to be the main playable character, they need to make it clear this is his story and not let him become second rate whenever Zack is on the screen or involved. So, yeah. if anything, and I think it, that opinion just highlights an important point about what we need from the future of Rebirth. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that for sure. I, I think that in OG, at least, you know, it was a lot more, you know, like, oh, yeah, obviously Cloud is the main protagonist, right? And Zack was sort of like, I don't know, like a tertiary character that obviously was very important to Cloud, but we didn't really know by how much. 
And it wasn't until Crisis Core and everything since then that Zack has been a lot more fleshed out as a character and now has a lot more. And I I do agree when he says that Zack does have a lot, he has a a stronger connection to all the parties involved. Um, I definitely agree with that. And like that, that part of the argument to me, absolutely. I can agree with the most for sure. And I mean, I, I also, I mean, I do kind of agree with the general statement that Zack does feel more like the protagonist uh, of like the overarching story and Cloud just kind of comes in and is like, oh, he kind of just takes Zack's place, basically. And, you know, within the all the entire narrative of FF7, that definitely feels like that. So I definitely agree uh, with that statement. I mean, I do think that... I mean, I like I like Zack uh, better than Cloud, <laughs> just in general, like, as a character. Um, and, you know, I, can't, I've, I don't... I feel mean saying this but <laughs> i feel like i've always sort of tolerated cloud because he was the protagonist um and he's definitely he's not like my favorite character uh out of all the characters that we have and i not that he was like the weakest part of the story to me but i felt the least connected to him uh and of you know and i feel like remake is like starting to make me budge a little bit on that because i feel like they are making him feel a little bit more... He feels more like a, an actual person now than... In the in OG, I always had this sort of, like, uh, you know, he had all this other stuff going on and, like, felt like, oh, like, you weren't supposed to be here sort of thing. Like, this, you know... Like, this was not meant to be your story sort of thing, right? And, like, in, in all, you know... In all respects, I guess it kind of wasn't. And he was sort of just, like, you know wrong place, wrong time, and, you know, he was able to, you know, kill Sephiroth, essentially, and, you know, had his whole thing in Nibelheim and everything, but it definitely, I don't know, it definitely felt kind of strange, but I do think that they are addressing that in re- uh, Remake and Rebirth and everything, um, just from the little bits that we have seen, um, I absolutely agree that they are they're they're trying to give Cloud a little bit more agency in this story and have it not just be like, oh yeah, I'm just like this weird facsimile of Zack and like that's all there is to me, you know? And like not to say that you know, he definitely had more stuff going on, but I I, I did always feel kind of weird about it. And it wasn't really until Crisis Core and other stuff where I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, I understand now why Cloud always felt a little weird to me. It was because he was, you know, effectively just cosplaying as Zack uh, for a while until he, you know, fully comes to the realization of what he actually is and then just becomes, like, a super sad boy, you know? And it's like, I think that's a thing that me being younger at the time didn't fully appreciate or understand. And I think with, you know, as I've gotten older and have experienced things similar, not, you know, not exactly, but similar to what uh, cloud has gone through to be like, okay, I understand his character a lot more and I have grown to appreciate his character a lot more, but I think me and a lot of other people back then were very much like, Oh cloud. He's just sad boy, you know? (laughs) <laughs> and he just so happens to be in this position where, you know, he's like this ultra badass and, and stuff. And it, it did feel, feel kind of weird. But I think with time and the other extra added context of all the compilation stuff, 
definitely made him uh, a much more real boy <laughs> to me. Uh, but yeah, with uh, just to I guess comment on uh, <laughs> uh, Cameron's other statements here. Um, I I'm, I am interested to see what they're going to do with Kate Sith <laughs> in terms of uh, the pronunciation of uh, his name because you know for people who don't know the traditional uh, is it Irish or Scottish um, pronunciation I, for I think it's Scottish uh, for Kate Sith is uh, she I think or some something similar to that um, and you know we always pronounce it Kate Sith because that's just how it's spelled. Um, so hope, I'm hoping that it's Kate Sith, but again, I think I also agree with Cameron that it's not going to matter because, I mean, you know, people say that, you know, he gave the example of Titus and Titus. Uh, I would also posit the Aerith and Eris um, thing, and I still know people that call her Eris. Um, you know, and I, I always said Aerith because I think that just sounds better um, as a name. Uh, and learning after the fact that it was like a translation thing of like, Oh, when, you know, people in Japan are saying this name, it sounds like Eris, but it's actually Erith, you know, like on paper, but just the way that, you know, uh, Japanese English is, you know, they have weird, uh, ways of, you know, like other sounds for, for letters than, than we do. So it always kind of comes off a little strange. Um, yeah, I, I also would. Uh, I'm curious about the whole uh, Shinra Manor stuff. Um, <laughs> I I I still think that the whole uh, the 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 meme of like you know Vincent, like everyone knows that Vincent's there or has come across him being there, and it's just like, oh yeah, well, there's this guy sleeping in a coffin. I guess I'll just leave it alone. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> leave him be. I guess I don't know what to do uh, with this guy, although. In before Crisis, I feel like oh he did come out for a little bit and was like yo what's up I'm here what's up what's going on <laughs> I'm gonna go back to sleep now, um, but yeah I don't know uh, what 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 are your thoughts and uh, and opinions on I this? never really cared yeah I never I mean, really cared I, however it's pronounced I'm not attached to any pronunciation yeah but I, but I definitely come from that same it's boat not a deal of like yeah, for me. yeah I definitely come from that same school of thought that's like well just just Tell me what it is so this could be over with already. But when it comes to any particular outcome, I, I could I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, at the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, literally just got done saying, I'm like, ah, I don't really, Kate Sith has always been a weirdo to me. And I uh, definitely, like, in, in the ranking of things that I uh, want to know the truth about, it's pretty low on the list, admittedly. But I am curious to see what they'll go with. Um, cause I don't think, I don't even, I don't remember in Dirge if they actually re re directly refer to him as Kate Sith or anything. I think you're just like, oh, it's Reeve. What's up, Reeve? <laughs> cause at that point, everybody kind of knows. Yeah. They're just like, oh yeah, we're not, we're not calling you by that dumb, weird name. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I guess, <laughs> and then the only <laughs> other thing, I guess, uh, to, to talk about, uh, what, what is a Midgar Minute? He nailed it. Um, I do, I do love his description of a Midgar minute <laughs> because it is very accurate, and uh, I felt very seen <laughs> when he said this. Like, he yeah, clearly, he clearly listens to the podcast. Yeah, Cam Cameron's been. Yeah, he's a very avid listener, so he he kn he knows us pretty. He's got us down pretty good. So I mean, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the uh, non uh, I guess the non joke answer is just I don't know. We were coming up with a name, sure. <laughs> and that and it stuck, and that was kind of uh, we had we had gone through uh, a couple other names. Um, I, I think what uh, I, I don't, have we talked about this before on a previous episode we might have i don't know um i know that one of the ones that i had first said was like oh yeah the wolves of wool uh wall market right and uh it sounds cool but at the same time it's not it didn't feel conducive enough for like a a name for a podcast i don't know it felt weird right maybe if we did like a youtube channel or something maybe i don't i don't know it seemed it just it didn't and like the midgar minute just sort of it was you know very you know it's got alliteration it's very i don't know catchy i guess and uh it's what kind of stuck i'm trying to think of any other do you remember any of the other potential names that uh, we, were we, we thought around? about we thought about doing the choker bros but that was already uh, taken yeah. right yes yeah the choker bros um yeah, we wanted it because at first I don't think we were um, like we knew we wanted it to be FF Seven specifically related, and it was kind of like all right, well we kind of wanted to find something that was you know you could easily tell that this was a Final Fantasy podcast, right? We didn't want it to be like you know sort of misleading or anything like that. So it very much um, you know we wanted it to be that, and then yeah, the the sort of the I want. I remember Choker Bros so much because I was like, that's mm, such a good name. And yeah, unfortunately, it had been taken. I think there was another, I don't know if it was another podcast or another, like a YouTube channel or something that had the, the same name. So we didn't, obviously, we wanted to go with something that wasn't already taken. And, um, but yeah, I guess, I don't know. The, uh, the joke answer is, uh, I don't know. I would, I would equate it to a New York minute, but with a lot more, uh, what what did he say? Sneezing on a character, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? I do, <laughs> and uh, yes, way way more tangents, and uh, I'm always it's so funny because I, I I always feel uh, whenever we do an episode and we there are a lot of tangents. I am always like, man, did we do too many? Do we? And but then I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it's become part of the character of the podcast. You know, it's like that's that's just what we do. We just. Sometimes we'll have a completely random offshoot of something that is tangentially related to whatever we're talking about. <laughs> and then just being like, yeah, let's just dive into this for the rest of the episode. And then in the last 10 minutes, like wrap up everything else. <laughs> you know? I definitely, uh, I think he pretty much nailed it there. Um, oh, pretty solidly. So. But uh, thank you so much, Cameron, for your, for your, for your time and your, your submission and your, your love and support, and yeah, uh, unless uh, unless there's anything else you would like to add, Nick, uh, should we move on along to the next one? I think we're ready to move on. Yes, and then we have uh, our, our good old, uh, the, one of the newest uh, members here, uh, Tyos48, um, sent in one uh, a, a little bit longer than Cameron's, but uh, yeah, I think um, we'll, just, uh, we'll just hop right into that one. Why do I relate to FF7? Or why do I like this game? I think a big part of it for me is uh, the way I can relate to it as an artist and also as a person, really. A lot of it's to do with the actual limitations the game has, or 
I'm talking about the original here mostly because the remake has a different reason completely, but um, or different reasons. But uh, with the original game, I think the limitations are something which really kind of I can really um relate to because you know like the creative feeling which is very unique. I think um, mostly the backgrounds like. Backgrounds are like almost surreal. They're in this like weird space between like surrealism, cartoonishness, and realism. It's kind of strange, but um, yeah, they have a lot of like personality, which I really try to bring into my own work and stuff. And uh, the characters interacting with one another were literally just like full body exaggerated, like emoting, <laughs> emoting, and then like text boxes, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and like, also the sound design and the music was basically all of it really. It created experiments which I could relate to in a different way. Um, like as someone who is autistic and trans, like I was able to kind of like have a world or an idea in my brain of how I could relate to the world in a way which wasn't actual reality. Um, to kind of be more specific, I mean, like, say if I imagine myself as a blocky polygonal character, I would feel a bit more comforted by how disconnected from my body I would feel. And um, this is a big problem I had for a while. Um, or say, like, I guess dealing with diff difficult social situations in reality, or... I, I could imagine myself within the context of the game or kind of see the world within the visual style of it, which brought me some comfort at least. Um, so what I want to see in Rebirth, I think what I want to see is mostly all of the same weirdness and ugliness the original game had. So, you know, you have like the world is very much kind of wacky, like this, like a a big contrast between the classic fantasy and the uh, kind of new industrial age or the modern age almost. Like, you have places like Casa de Sol, which are almost like tourist destinations, or the Gold Saucer, which is like an amusement park, a modern one. But then it's next to like places like Nibelheim, which, uh, besides the macro pipes, pretty much just like classic fantasy. So I want to see all that same contrast and like kind of variation, and I also want to see it, like, in the rest of the world, so I want to, like, be able to explore, like, areas near me, maybe, like, coral, and, like, you know, there's, like, some ruins or something, and that would make it pretty fun. And the really important thing is I really hope that traversing the environments isn't boring as fuck, because Remake was great, but the environments were fantastic, but it was kind of depressing the fact that I couldn't really climb on anything or walk on anything or anything really because obviously I had to be balanced. But now that there is boundless and terrifying freedom, I'd really like to actually feel that really. I want to be able to like ride around on a bike, you know, like a motorcycle or something with a cloud and like do a lot of jumps off like the terrain or something. That'd be fun. It'll make traversing the game fun. That's what I really want mostly. So, um,. I know First Soldier has something like that, but uh, let's be honest. I'd rather experience it on something which is not my burning phone screen at, like, a terrible frame rate. I love you, First Soldier, but 
kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, I really hope to make the like traversal of the game fun. Really, that's what I want most. But also, let's like, just keep the same all the same ugliness. No, no filtering of how rude, mean, or you know, however bad the characters are. I don't want them to be likable. I want them to be who they are in the original game. And for that, it's Cloud as an asshole. Um, Baron is very headstrong. Like Tifa is downright rude and horrible sometimes in a cold kind of way. Um, Aerith, Aerith does not tell you shit. <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of problems with every character, and that's what I want to see too. So, yeah. A question for the uh, the goofy hosts um, is. I actually am curious about how, like, the experience of growing up in New York um, relates to kind of how you feel about the game, FF7. As in, like, um, I've heard a lot of things about New York, and I don't really know what to believe, really. And it has a billion different media representations, and some of them are glamorous, some of them are not. And, like, um, I assume that's kind of how it is. It's both impressive and also not. Um, but I'm kind of curious about how, like, whether the game, like, makes you feel any kind of relating to the world in a different way, as in, like, maybe, um, say, like, Midgar, does it, like, bring any feelings of kind of, like, um, parallels between, like, reality and the game, or have you ever felt like you're living in a version of Midgar? <laughs> um... I can't really speak on this myself because I've only ever lived in small cities or small towns, so it'd be interesting to kind of hear a perspective of someone who is a city goer of some kind, you know. Because uh, I think I'm, I think I remember being like mentioning like maybe it's the New Yorkers talking <laughs> in the uh, rebirth episode. I thought that was interesting, so I can't really hear that too. Um, it's a very weirdly worded question, but I think you probably get the gist at this point, at least anyway. But yeah, no, um, to kind of summarize, I think I agree with a lot of the points that you made on, like, what you want to see in Rebirth, but I also want to see, like, I really hope to have the environment be fun to traverse, and I really hope the weirdness and ugliness retains, and, like, I also kind of, like, you know, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I hope for. <laughs> I actually forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, um, yeah, thank you for this opportunity to speak and um i'll disappear now yeah i i gotta right. say i absolutely love tyos's comments about yes. feeling that boundless terrifying freedom in the world exploration world exploration to me was the weakest part of og ff7 will be damned if it's going to be the weakest part of rebirth i think like i think they're absolutely correct that if you really want to make the player feel that boundless, terrifying freedom, <clears throat> making the world exploration a whole other level from Midgar is definitely the way to do it. Yeah, and uh, oddly enough, um, when they were describing like kind of what they want, you know, riding around on a bike and you know, jumping around on things, and uh, like honestly, kind of 
Tyus, if you're listening, uh, I would recommend Death Stranding <laughs> because that, that was the first game that came to mind when I'm like, oh, yeah. And it kind of is like that sort of uh, more open, it's a very tra- uh, traversal-heavy game. I mean, yeah. it's kind of what you do for most of the game. Uh, that, <laughs> also I, I, g- go ahead. No, I was just going to say it also reminded me sort of like kind of Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild's yeah. approach of like you can climb on anything. You on can anything, do whatever, yeah. you know. Um, very much had that sort of uh, feeling to me. And I, I mean, I don't know if they would go uh, that far with it. I mean, potentially they could. I hope that the, you know, because there will be, I'm assuming, uh, like open world traversal stuff in here, at least getting from certain towns to things and not have it just be like a, you know, a little alleyway that you kind of crawl through and, and go, oh, now you're suddenly here. You know, hopefully there is some more active traversal stuff. Um, and they do like, I mean, we talked about a little bit on the previous episode about like what, you know, we were kind of talking like, oh, should it be just like, you know, FF15 where it's, you know, you know, uh, just a big wide open area with little things dotted here and there. I mean, I think they could still do that and have it be, you know, fun and interesting and not just like, all right, I'm going from point A to point B and that's it. Um, I think there, there definitely is room for them to improve upon that. And I think once we have a better idea of what the scope of rebirth is going to be, I think then we can kind of more hone in on like where they're going to go with it. And I mean, like I said, yeah, I, I would totally be cool if, you know, we had a, you know, as we were, we had to go from, uh, calm to Corel to, you know, Costa del Sol or wherever, you know, and like Mm. we actually had to travel that distance to get there, you know, and you actually feel it. And, you know, like you said before, you know, the traversal in OG was kind of bad. <laughs> it's kind of awful. Um, so, yeah, I, I do hope that they address that in this. And, I mean, considering everything else that they've done and all the other things that they have addressed thus far um, within all this new stuff, I think the chances are pretty good that we'll see an updated uh, version of that or a more fleshed out and engaging version of it, you know, at least I would hope so, you know? Yeah. And I think what you have to do is it has to go further than say like an FF 15, where in the open world, you kind of ha- could have that sort of exploration. But the second you got into a city or a town, you were kind of glued to your feet. It would be great if like, say in Cosmo Canyon that we could feel as free and open to explore sort of the hub worlds as we do the open world. I think right. uh, that mm-hmm. could go a really long way and keep keep us from feeling too grounded. I also, I really like their comments about letting the characters be flawed. Like, let them yeah, be, be shitty people shitty. every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, especially, yeah. like we talked about Sid and how Sid, you know, is flawed up the wazoo, and I really hope they don't nerf that at all. But, you mm-hmm. know, in OG... Tifa gets very jealous a lot. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and she's we kind of need like, to see that. We kind of need to see that because at the end of the day, as ugly as it might be to look at in the moment, it does show you that she cares about Cloud and that there's yeah, some part it makes, of her it, that it feels makes them feel real. Or it makes them feel more like real people, I should say, um, than just kind of like, oh, yes, I'm a, I am a character in this video game. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think from what we've seen in remake and stuff so far i think that they are you know that they will continue on doing it because we do see a little bit of that maybe not specifically with tifa i mean you know we see her you know sort of um you know 
having a little bit of a rivalry kind of with Aerith a little bit. Very in, like, the, briefly, but yeah, and, like, like the, a in the ghost of uh, the train graveyard. Yeah, I, I definitely want a little bit more of it. You know, we they explore, I think, you know, Cloud and Barrett's sort of beef a little bit more and sort of, you know, even the, the interactions that they have, I feel like when they finally become sort of, you know, where they're at at the end of the game, where they're, you know, not necessarily like best friends, but they're they're closer and they kind of understand each other a little bit more. Um, I, I, I really appreciate that. And like, yeah, I think having these characters not be just like perfect at everything and being like, you know, the best people ever. And, you know, and I think, you know, we've seen that, I think with cloud too, just being like, you know, cloud is kind of an asshole and we've seen him do that. But, you know, we do know that obviously he's got, you know, he's, he's, he's like an ogre. He has layers, right? So, (laughs) you know, he, uh, you know, I think exploring these characters, I and mean, you know, we I think we talked about that a lot on the last episode too, of like just exploring these characters and kind of delving more into them and giving them more texture and more um, depth. I feel like is is gonna be is absolutely gonna happen um, because we even even for characters, you know, like like uh, the Avalanche crew, you know, Jesse uh, Biggs and Wedge, like even they had, you know, it wasn't like you know groundbreaking sort of extra things added to them but even the little bit of that they did add to them made them feel so much more real and a lot more you know that I felt so much more connected to them in this in remake than I did in OG cuz they kind of were just like hey we're the you know we're the we're the bumbling uh <laughs> avalanche crew and you know like they all you know had very distinct personalities but it you know, they also just didn't have a lot of time to, to really uh, shine in any particular way. And they were just like, oh, hey, we're here. And then now we're dead. And that's it. You know, and that's kind of, you know, I, I didn't feel as much for them in OG. But, you know, and them giving them even that one extra mission with going to Jesse's house and doing all that stuff. Like, even if they just did that and did literally nothing else, I feel like that alone was was enough to kind of push me over to be like oh yeah I'm like I've grown a lot more attached to these guys and they definitely sort of um you know flesh them out a bit more in a way like all right now we you know we understand oh like you know uh Biggs is like sort of a worry wart sort of thing you know and and Wedge is very happy go lucky but he still cares and he's you know he's smarter than he puts on sort of thing and you know, we know Jesse obviously is, uh, you know, the thirst queen, uh, <laughs> and that whole, that whole stuff. I feel like uh, all that stuff was done very well, and I, I would love to see that sort of thing continue because, um, the one of the biggest uh, draws for me uh, of this of this game and this franchise is the these characters are sort of doing. You know, that's you know a lot of the things that um, uh, Tyos had said about the aesthetics of FF7, uh, I 100% agree with, um, you know, the, the, the backgrounds and things. It did always, it felt, it did have a very distinct personality, and I will always remember, you know, going through the, those pre-rendered backgrounds in OG and having, like, they're, even though they were just, you know, JPEGs, basically, you know, they all felt, it all felt cohesive and, uh, you know, but also felt distinct enough that, like, you knew, you know, when you went to these different towns and these different areas that they all had their own very distinct feel to them, 
you know, and but it, and it also still kind of all f- made sense within the world of FF7, you know what I mean? So I, I definitely would agree uh, with all that stuff as well. Um, as far as uh, the other, uh, the question of um, how this game uh, <laughs> affects us as New Yorkers, um, and I guess, I mean, uh, we, I guess we should clarify that we, we don't live in the city or, well, Nick doesn't, you know, he, he, he has since moved uh, out of state. So oh, I, I left Nibelheim. Nobody lives there yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, where we, where we did live, um, it, you know, we lived, uh, on the little offshoots. So kind of, kind of like, I, I, I guess if you could maybe think of like Manhattan and stuff as the upper plate you know, we lived on like the lower plate. <laughs> well, that's one <laughs> thing I, guess... I was gonna say is the whole the whole upper plate lower plate thing is very real. Um, <laughs> you definitely get For that. Sure. You definitely get that feeling when you're when you're orbiting New York City because as far as mm-hmm. New York City goes, um, you know, you um, you know, they brought up a great point where it's like there's also it's like there's the beauty and the horror. You know, and mm-hmm. I worked out in New York City for a while. There was a while there yeah, where I, I had used a job. to go to school there. So yeah, so we, you know, we both I, have had experience being like commuting there every day on the and, streets every day, and, and that whole life. And you definitely see, like, I definitely see, like, what Aerith would talk about in in Chapter Eight, like, oh, all those dreams woven together. You know, all that. Like, you kind of see that in New York City. You know, something that everybody's built, that people can come from all over and people can make a living here. Or you could try mm-hmm. and get famous here because, like, that's where all the Broadway shows are. So, like, you you see it for, for the beauty and the dreams, but it, it's not long before you see it for everything else, too. For yeah, kind of the, yeah. the pollutant, <laughs> even, the, some of the rudeness that you could get. Um, yeah, and even, like, at, even on, like, the microcosm of just looking at, like, you know, a place like Manhattan on its own. There even you could even say that you know with all the tall skyscrapers you have, you know all these people that are sort of above you, but then you are on the street level, and you know I mean New York definitely uh, more so in like the 80s and 90s was a bit more rough, you know like you know I remember going to uh, the city when I was a kid and. Uh, we were never allowed to go to like pass through Times Square because Times Square used to be like a lot sketchier. Used to be a hellhole. Yeah, yeah, a lot. lot, You know, it's definitely been uh, cleaned up over the years for sure. Um, But it's definitely, you know, I I do, me personally, I love these sort of, I love the city life and like the, like I totally get the appeal of it. Um, And I like that sort of uh, gritty sort of, grimy you know i don't know it it, it definitely you has can its keep own, the grime like, bro the grime's all you you can have it <laughs> well you, you you know what i'm saying like the you know like it the the personality of new york is definitely something that i mean i've not really been to a lot of other big cities like that um but it definitely has its own sort of personality and feel and you know i haven't been there in a while um but when i would go there you know just kind of you know, some people don't really like being like, you know, you're just another, you know, person in the crowd sort of thing. I kind of dug that. I like that, you know, you could kind of just do your own thing in New York and like people just didn't care, you know, like you're just you're just another body in the mass of people walking around, you know, and it kind of felt like, you know, uh, what's the best way to put it? 
you know, sort of that uh, you're being alone in a giant mass of people. Like I was, you know, I don't know. I always found something kind of calming about that. I know some people can maybe feel anxious about that sort of thing because I have had people come uh, from out of state and they're just like walking through Penn Station being like, how the fuck do you deal with this? <laughs> There's just <laughs> so many people going in so many different directions and, you know, doing their own things. And like, yeah, I think uh, it's definitely like uh, maybe, you know, obviously since we've lived here, you know, and we've got to experience it a lot, that kind of becomes like, ah, you know, you just deal with it. You know, you once you know where to go, it's not really that intimidating, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if like, us living here had any sort of impacts on how I viewed the game. I mean, I definitely could see myself. I mean, I always, I won't lie. I always kind of compared Midgard and New York city. And I think that's just yeah. because a lot of the, I, I played this game in many different like uh, stages in my life, but I mm -hmm. played it like three or four times when I was going through college. And a lot of the time when I was in college, uh, if I was ever headed home for a holiday or a weekend, I would have to commute through New York city. So I guess just from association, because I was in New York City so much, and because I was playing this game so much, there was kind of that natural association between the two. Yeah. Plus, I, I, I always kind of always connected the dots between like Eastern and Western sort of culture representation in uh, Final Fantasy VII as well. Yeah, um, for sure. But when I think about like kind of when I connect these dots between Midgar and New York City, you know, going off of a little bit of what I said before, I kind of could see the good and the bad of it. Like, on one hand, the good news is, like, New York City isn't pulling the lifeblood out of the planet and using that for energy, you know? No. <laughs> like, we may not be using <laughs> the cleanest stuff. We may not be using the cleanest stuff, but not exactly the lifeblood of the planet. However, yeah. the way I always <laughs> kind of saw that with New York City, and I guess, you know, I always had a little bit more of a cynical view on it. And again, I'm speaking more anecdotally, but I just saw it as like, oh, it's kind of like the lifeblood of everybody's dreams is kind of what fuels New York City. Every, in my, and like, this is again, this is anecdotal and this is me and this is my own shit. But it's like, to me, everybody who was working in the city, more people working in the city gave up on their dreams than were pursuing them. And that's kind of how I yeah. saw New York City thriving. And I think I saw a lot of people, myself included, like when I got my job in the city, I was giving up on the shit I wanted to do. There were shit I wanted to do that luckily I am doing that stuff today, but I didn't believe in myself enough to pursue it. So what did I do? I just went and got this city job. So because yeah, of the indeed. nature of why I ended up in the city, I always kind of had this more cynical take on it. So yeah. I always kind of saw New York City in that kind of light when compared to Midgar. It's like, hey, this is kind of this place where there's this two-tiered society yeah, where yeah, there are those rigid. who are fortunate enough to live their yeah. dreams, living at the top, like you said, in the tallest skyscrapers and all that. And then there's all of us at the hustle and bustle at the yeah, bottom the street level. who are barely making enough money to make ends meet. Um, you know, we spend a week's a check just paying for the, pay the train commute. You know, yeah. just shit yeah. like just shit like, like that. It, yeah, it's a, it's a very like yin and yang sort of situation yes. where there is like there is that beauty in having like you have the both things there of like, you know, you have, you know, these big sprawling buildings and all this really, you know, crazy architecture and stuff like that. And then, you know, you just have, you know, 
there's a, a bunch and of homeless I, and I people got 12 around. 12-hour days you know. where I could barely pay my bills. And then there's that. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah, no. And then, yeah, of course, everything is, like, super fucking expensive in there. And it's, like, you know, at least, like, where, where we, where and we the did And the train's live, always late. <laughs> Yeah, and like I think the the closest thing I would you know kind of re- you know why where I would relate it to is like you know us having to take the train into the city kind of felt like you know kind of like how in in FF seven you know they take the train and they go from the slums and then they go to Midgar proper and then there's like you know what I mean I kind of like there is definitely that and there were uh, specifically I remember the opening scene of Crisis Core actually uh and i would i used to have daydreams about that happening on a train ride to the, the to the city and being like oh yeah i'm gonna jump around like zach and it's gonna be super cool you know what i mean like i definitely nice to do uh, i was looking out the window having those depressing ff7 thoughts like huh yeah guess, guess my life's <laughs> kind of like this train there's only mm, one yeah, way so it on can this, go on this track yeah no there's exactly i've definitely <laughs> And, uh, you know, I have, uh, I would, I would highly recommend if, they, if anyone ever does go to the city, um, listening to the FF7 soundtrack, uh, oh, what, in and the let city me tell you, is amazing place to visit. Yes. New York city, yes, for amazing sure. place to visit and experience. I just had a shitty experience working out of the city. Yeah. So. Like living there is, a, is something else, but like, if you're just visiting for a little while, it's a great, it's, it's a amazing. Great place. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, and would highly recommend it to anybody listening who hasn't done um, I would absolutely go. There's a lot of, there's, there's so much like, you know, we kind of, I think we take it for granted cause we grew up close to it, yeah, but you know, it, it is, it is, you know, a sort of, you know, a big cultural hub and there's a lot of, you know, cool stuff going on. And, you know, it, it's just like, there definitely is a part of me that would love to live in the city if it wasn't so expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I definitely get the appeal of, of the city and I definitely, you know, even though we, you know, you know, it's like people who live in uh, Florida or, or California and they're like, you know, they're right next to Disneyland or whatever. And, you know, going to Disneyland on a vacation, like, oh, cool. But, you know, if you live there all year round, it's not like, oh, yeah, it's up. Well, oh, there's Disney World. You know, it's kind of that same thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, I've seen it before. I've been to, you know, I've been to the Radio I've City. I've been to the Mouse Hall. House. I've been to. <laughs> I've been to the Empire State and the Statue of Liberty. Honestly, stuff, the coolest and... thing I've ever seen in fucking New York City is in the Nintendo building. There's like this, uh, like 1986, like br- big brick Game Boy that survived a bombing. Yeah, um, I've seen I, that. Yeah, dude, it's, it's so crazy. in the Gulf War. I think it was the Gulf War. I could have that mm. wrong, but I think it was like I a think, bombing in was. the Gulf War. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. There's so many like, and, and it still it, works. It, it, it still works. <laughs> and yeah, I think Xbox 360 shit. <laughs> fucking Game Boy from 1986 to survive the Gulf War. My 360's been replaced three times because of some red rings. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, other than that, I mean, you know, we I you know, we were fortunate enough we weren't we didn't really grow up in like a bad area or anything like that. No, no, we grew up in a very nice neighborhood or anything. No, no, we had a, um, we did not grow up in Sector 7. No, no, no. <laughs> so, like, we don't want to make it plate, seem like... If there was a plate between Sector 7 and the top yeah, of the plate... Yeah, we were plate, in the middle plate. That's, that's where Chris and I grew up. Upper middle class, let's say. <laughs> like, take El Mar... No, no, wait. El Mar's home does not look like our hometown. Never mind that. No, no, Ain't no, no fucking waterfalls much... and gardens. Get that shit out yeah, of here. Yeah, if, if you go out east, maybe. 
uh, <laughs> with all the wineries and all the yeah, but then open, you get to the Hamptons and you're just at the top of the plate again, Chris. Yeah, then it's like, yeah, then it's another plate. Like yeah. we're sandwiched <laughs> between two top plates, the Hamptons and Manhattan. Yeah, so yeah, we would actually yeah that that analogy of like yeah, if there was another layer between the slums and the 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 upper plate, like we'd be right yeah right in the middle. We're sandwiched. Uh, so right we were fortunate them. enough to have that. Um, but yeah, no, I think other than that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, New York is definitely a, a place that has been uh, used very heavily in media and has had a lot of different representations. And, you know, I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, it's not all like, wow, it's not all wonder and amazement. It's, you know, there's definitely some, you know, things get crazy depending on where you go. But for the most part, <laughs> it's a nice place. Oh, yeah. I like how we're, tur- we're turning into the tourism board of New York at this point. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, definitely come here to check it out. Just, you know, make sure you, you know, are in a <laughs> in a very touristy area, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm, I was trying to think if there was something else I wanted to say. Um, I think I've got, I think I've said my piece as far as uh, t- uh, Tyos' question goes. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would say uh, we covered that pretty good. All right, and this next one, and the last one um, for this episode, uh, is going to be from Ryan. Uh, and he had a, a quick little message uh, from us that he uh, submitted along with his uh, audio recording, which we'll, we'll read out real quick. And he says, hey, guys, thanks so much for everything you do on the pod. You've created such a fun space and made lockdown and difficult times a lot easier. Congrats on your 100th episode. Long live the Midgar Minute. Cheers, man. Over in the UK. Thank you so much, Ryan. And yeah, you know, I think something that I kind of uh, maybe will go into after Ryan's thing here. But yeah, this this podcast, I'm 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 sure has helped a lot of people uh, through the 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 rough times that we've had (laughs) across the world these last couple of years. Um, And it it definitely has done the same for me as well, for sure. It has sort of kind of kept me anchored down and um, able to to continue dealing with all this stuff here, but I don't want to, don't want to get too, uh, sappy, <laughs> at least not yet. So let's, uh, let's hear what, uh, Ryan has to say. Okay. So hello everyone. Um, this is Ryan from UK, uh, more specifically Norwich. Um, I had to say this, but it's Tuesday in it. I had to get that in there. Uh, so yes, I'm just doing these little bit recording, uh, for the podcast. So thank you so much guys for, for offering this out to us. Um, so why do I love Final Fantasy VII so much? So believe it or not, I was actually quite late to the party. Um, Ten was the first game that I played and sort of really fell in love with the with the um, the franchise from there. Um, and I remember playing Kingdom Hearts, um, the first one, and unlocking Sephiroth fight in uh, the Colosseum, and not knowing who that was, um, but just thinking, oh, he was just just looked incredible, um, and just wanted to know more about him. Um, I'd heard of like Cloud and like the, the, the party that way, but didn't really know anything about Sephiroth. Um, and eventually sort of stumbled onto the game and just, just fell in love with it. Like how it starts at this really dark, oppressive, um, like, uh, you know, really, really almost, um, like I said, dark and oppressive world. And you sort of span out and sort of discover so much more. And then, the story you think you're doing isn't the story you're playing at all. Like you think you're just going against this um, evil corporation, but actually it becomes something so much bigger than that. You discover so much more about 
the characters, you know, their motivations, their stories. Um, obviously, a big thing about Final Fantasy games is the music. Um, I play piano myself, so hearing the music um, throughout the Final Fantasy franchise, especially in Seven, was just was just beautiful. So you know, there's so much to love about this game: the story, the characters, the setting, the music, um, the compilation, everything they've put in there. The fact that it's developed so much into this huge um, storytelling piece is just incredible. So, yeah, big, big, big fan of Final Fantasy Seven. What do I want to see from the rebirth? Um, I just want to see more of what they're doing. I've got complete trust in what they're doing. <coughs> Excuse me. I've got complete trust in what they're doing and really excited to see where they go from uh, from here, basically. Um, I love that they're, they're exploring deeper um, into what the original uh, game gave us. I love they're taking a different turn with it all. Um, so yeah just very excited to sort of see what, what they do with it um, I'm really really excited to see what they do with um, the new characters we have all the characters we haven't seen yet so I want to know a little bit more about um, Yuffie and Vincent and you know the rest of the guys and how they interact with the rest of the party um, and then questions for you guys um, so yeah I, mean, I want to know from you why do you love Final Fantasy 7 so much what was it that turned you on to that, um, that, the franchise and then got you into seven specifically. Uh, but yeah, keep doing what you're doing guys. Big fan. Thank you so much. Cheers, mate. All right. Yes. Thank you so much, Ryan, for your submission. And, uh, yeah, interesting, um, that now we have had two people now that are saying, oh, you know, FF10 was really the sort of, uh, Starting jumping point. on point for people, which, you know, I think makes sense and, you know, maybe has to do, you know, with uh, age and things like that. Um, I mean, to be to be totally fair, I mean, as much as I liked FF7 when it came out, I think 10 was the 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 game that really got me into, like, Final Fantasy. Well, I think it's because um, everybody had a PS2, right? Not everyone had right. a PS1, but everybody had a PS2, dude. Everyone and their mama had a PS2. <laughs> exactly, um, but yeah, no, I, um, I, I think that you know the 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 sort of that the, I love that that because we were even talking about that before of like you know that there are people you know who played I, I know people who have played Kingdom Hearts and have never played Final Fantasy before and um, you know, we were even kind of joking with the idea of like, there's got to be somebody out there who, <laughs> uh, and I guess it makes sense if, you know, you play Kingdom Hearts and you, that would be your first, uh, you know, showing of like Cloud and Sephiroth and, you know, these other characters and being like, oh yeah, like being interested in, you know, because I, I could imagine, you know, seeing Sephiroth for the first time in Kingdom Hearts 1 and being like, who is this guy? Why is he... <laughs> why is he such a badass like you know i i, I could totally get that and, I'm, and that, i just thought that was so funny uh that we were talking about something very similar to that uh, before i think before we started recording mm -hmm. um and yeah no i i definitely um i think it's cool that he's got complete faith in what they're doing because sometimes i sometimes mm -hmm. i feel like i'm the only one not with you obviously you're a great co-host and we you know we agree on that a lot but it's always refreshing to hear someone go nah I really liked what they're doing, so I trust yeah, them to keep doing it. Do more, yeah, and it's kind of like, yeah, I I do appreciate that. Like, dude, it does. baffles me. It baffles me. Some people will be like, "Oh, I loved remake, but I, I'm not sure I'm gonna like what they're doing." And I'm just like, "But but they already did it, and you said you liked it." 
Yeah, yeah. You know, and they it, already gave you a taste of what we'll they want to do. You know, we'll see if it has, uh, you know, some people that are like, oh, I don't know, man. And then, you know, people may come around to it. Uh, you know, I think Rebirth is going to be, um, for the people that were sort of on the fence, Rebirth is going to be the game, I think, that is either going either to be like... wins them or loses them. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, you're going to you're gonna be all in or you're going to be out. Or, you know, you could be like like us cool people over here. Uh, all in from <laughs> from the very beginning. Um, even though, I mean, I do, you know, at least before the game came out, I was sort of, um, after we had done that first episode and had that sort of, um, like, what we wanted to see and what we were expecting, um, I, was, I did have a little bit of fear of, like, is it just going to be, like, are they going to do, like, one-to-one? And is it going to be, like am I going to feel like this remake wasn't worth it or, you know, something, but no, I, I was very gladly proven uh, wrong. I think once they dropped <laughs> and, that demo, I was sad. I was like, Oh, they're going to do it. Yeah. And it's like, even, even if it is, uh, cause you know, we've talked about before, like even if it did end up being like a one-to-one like retelling of the story, um, it, you know, it's a great story. And I think, you know, I, I even if it was that it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world, but I am still super glad that they are taking it in a different direction and having fun with it and trying to re-incorporate all this stuff. Kind of, you know, I, I love that Ryan sort of has echoed a lot of the things that we have also said here and is, uh, you know, sort of uh, indicative, I feel like, of, uh, you know, and maybe I'm overreaching here by saying that the the rest of the Mosey gang, I feel like we all kind of, for the most part, you know, we may disagree on some things here and there, but I think we're all pretty much on the same level of like, yeah, we want to see where this goes. You know, we want to see where this whole crazy journey is going to take us. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am totally on board and and, you know, everything, you know, down to, you know, him saying, you know, hey, just I like everything that's going on. Just wanted to see more of what we already have. And yeah, I think that's we I mean, we've said that, I think, plenty of times on this on this show before of like, yeah, we're we're pretty we're pretty satisfied with what we got. And we just we just want to see more of it and more and better versions of <laughs> what we already have. And yeah, um, uh, yeah. And I guess I mean, we kind of. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like we already kind of answered his question earlier on <laughs> what uh, what got us into FF7. But I mean, I'm well. I just well he asked more particular, like, what is it that we like love the most about FF7? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I would say, I mean, the music is is like really up there for me, and I think the you know kind of going back to what um Tyos had said like the aesthetic of the world was something that i remember being immediately grabbed by um my my sort of my origin story with ff7 was uh i believe we had talked about it in, the, in that initial episode um of seeing it at a at summer camp one time and just looking over at the tv and being like what is that and like seeing the pre-rendered backgrounds and then it going into combat and I'm like, whoa, I'd never seen anything like this before. And I think that that did a lot of the heavy lifting at first, but once I actually got to play it myself and um, spent time with it, it was really, the music was like a huge thing for me. I fell in love with the music like instantaneously. And 
as I spent more time with it and played it more, um, it was the characters, really, that really pulled me in and kept me invested in the world. And like, yeah, you know, the aesthetics and the combat and stuff is, is all well and good, but really, like, I came there for the aesthetics and the combat and the music and all that stuff, but I stayed because of the characters. You know, I endured through all the, the rest of the game because I wanted to know what happened to these characters and, and what what what's going to happen to the world. And, you know, I got super invested in it. And it's, um, you know, something that I think was a bit more frequent back then just because, of, like, everything felt so new and everything. And, like, you know, as we're older now, we've played a lot of games and it's easy to get kind of jaded a lot of uh, about a lot of stuff. Uh, but every so often I feel like games still do do that i mean remake you know was able to do that pretty good even though i know that world and i know these characters i was able to get hooked in again because i'm like oh yeah like it unlocked all that stuff that i had felt about og back then and delivered immensely on that you know yeah dude i mean i echo the sentiments i mean but for for me like there's a lot of things that I could go on and on about about what I love about FF7, but to me, I think it's it's always going to come down to the story, um, mm-hmm. the story above all else. Like especially when you look at those themes, and I can I can go down the list. Like we could start with life and death. Like this was a game that when my grandmother passed brought me a uh, a lot of comfort. You know, just because of the way it deals with life and death. Like there was there's almost something um, relieving about. Death meaning you return to the planet, right? Because we all... Yeah, like it's not know, the end. Exactly. I mean, yes and no, right? Because there's so many mm. different ways you could you could hear Interpret. that. If you're someone yeah. who you're a little bit more... You're a little bit more like atheistic. You could just hear that as, yeah, the, the earth will eat my body and my body will become part of the soil. And from the soil, for the soil, new yeah. life will grow. And, you know, I, I feel like it was sort of this way of looking at things where it's like it's so compatible with whatever it is you actually believe. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're someone who thinks you die and go to like a heaven-like plane, going to the planet and the life stream very well could be that for you. Or if you're someone where you're a little bit more materialistic in your beliefs, dying and returning to the planet it could work for that too and i think when i was in a time where i didn't really know what i believed it was actually Mm -hmm. just comfortable to have something like that where i was like okay wherever i kind of land on that spectrum this is going to apply um right so i found a lot of comfort in that i found a lot of um inspiration in watching these characters all struggle to find an identity that's what they're all doing right They've mm-hmm. all lost the world that used to give them an identity, and now they're clamoring for something for 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 something new. You know, Cloud especially. Yeah. Cloud is going through that to the extreme, right? All the other characters are kind of they've kind of decompartmentalized it a little bit, or they kind of broke it down a little bit, right? Like Tifa's caught between martial artist and cowgirl, but she's trying to find <laughs> something. Um, yeah, she's trying to, trying to <laughs> she, do both. She's working out. Look, we're gonna see we're gonna see Barrett put on the sailor outfit and be like, you know what, oh, this kind of works for me. You know, uh, like, but like, you know, there, there's something about that where it's like they're all they've got a world to save, but they're still taking time to find themselves. And right, there's something yeah, about like that the- that's always just really connected with me. And to watch them all become a family, even though they're for all from different parts of the planet. They're all from different. Some of them are from different time periods like Vincent and they all come together and they all make this really weird family. You know, the weirdest herd you've ever seen. And they make yeah. it work. And at the end of the day, they make it work. And maybe Reeve and Yuffie will never get along, but they make it work. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, I definitely think there is something to, um, the, you know, at what point in your life you're playing the game and how much you've, you know, life experience you've had at that point. Cause he, like, even kind of like I was touching on before of like, you know, back when I played it, you know, back when I was eight years old or whatever, seven years yeah, old. Yeah, it means it something out. different at that point. Yeah, and then it's like, you you know, you don't really, you know, depending on your life, you know, I mean, at that point in my life, I didn't really deal with a lot of, uh, like, darker, you know, I haven't really dealt with death or anything like that at that point. So it was like I didn't really glean that stuff really from it until after the fact when I had dealt with things like that. And like I said, even playing it even a little bit uh, older, and having all that life experience, you view it in this whole other sort of thing. And I'm so like, that's some of the, you know, with just media in general, but especially video games, I, I like that, you know, a lot of people can, you know, come together and have like this sort of shared experience, even though we all have different things in our lives that, you know, we, we take different things from this single piece of media that is meant to, you know, tell its story and have a lot of other interpretations as well. But you know, there are a lot of that sort of similarities that kind of cross over between um, people that experience it because, you know, they, they well, we all experience the game and we all have that sort of thing. But that we all come from different, you know, even, you know, us here, you know, the Mosey gang and us, you know, we all come from different, you know, backgrounds and, and countries and, you know, we all had different upbringings, you know, hopefully they were all good. <laughs> hopefully everyone had good up, upbringings. Um, but, you know, that that's sort of, that it all can sort of converge on this point uh, with this, I mean, in particular I guess FF7, but, you know, you could kind of transplant this onto pretty much any piece of media, I guess. Um, but that we can all sort of have a, a similar sort of experience, but glean different things from it i guess i don't i i, I felt like i was trying to go in a different direction with that but i kind of <laughs> kind of lost <laughs> the plot halfway through um but I, I hopefully uh you know people everyone can un understand what i'm trying to get at at least um and that there is you know the kind of a, a bigger thing to be talked about in terms of like this thing you know this one game that came out you know 25 years ago um that you know has tied us all together in this weird way and had us all crossing paths with each other in this way now um and it's it's a beautiful thing i guess is what i'm trying to say is that we were all able to come together and be connected through this one particular thing and um out of all the things out there and you know out of all the people that are out there you know very very glad um to have you know the mosey gang and this show and everything um, and to have all these different, you know, cause everyone, you know, even though all of us here, you know, uh, like even, you know, you and me, Nick, like we, you know, we have, we're pretty different dudes, you know, we're into different stuff, but we kind of, you know, we come together with our shared love of FF7 and having that sort of shared love for this one thing is, um, it's always kind of a special thing that you don't, you know, you yeah. don't necessarily think about as often, or at least I don't really, um, but it's something that I've thought about so much when it comes to this stuff because like you know everyone that i've talked to and had the you know the lovely chance to to speak to all the other people in the mosey gang you know we're all different people and we all are into different things but we all kind of come together on this one thing and even having you know people having different opinions and stuff i i, I think it's cool and great and i love seeing everyone's takes on stuff uh whether it be you know from plot things to 
uh, hairstyles <laughs> of certain characters. Um, you know, I just think this whole thing has been like a magical, wonderful experience and, uh, you know, has sort of, you know, as, as Ryan was saying, you know, sort of helped, at least for me personally, kind of kept, you know, as the, the world was sort of burning around us was, you know, something that it, I could always sort of tether myself to and be like, all right, you know, you know, we're do, we're going to do this, wh whatever may happen in the world, we're, we're always going to come together and we're always going to talk about Final Fantasy seven. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, of course, as our community grew and, you know, we were able to, you know, talk to each other more and, and learn more about each other. You know, it's just, it's been, uh, it's been a great experience uh, for, for me personally. And I'm, I'm sure for you as well, Nick, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I guess, I don't know. I don't want, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too sappy, <laughs> I guess. And I, we already kind of had done this already with like the, the one year, uh, uh anniversary podcast that we, that we did uh, a couple of months or well, shit. That was a year ago, <laughs> I guess, at least almost, um, but yeah, no, I'm still, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful, uh, for everyone in the Mosey gang and uh, everyone who listens. And, you know, even if we don't read out your name at the beginning of every episode, you know, just know that we appreciate you and, you know, we would have done this even if only two people ever listened. But, you know, the fact that there are so many people that do listen and, um, you know, like this thing enough and are not immediately, uh, <laughs> uh retching from our voices uh going on tangents for hours and uh doing all this other stuff um yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't want to prattle on for too long about it but um i got gotcha. I, I guess i'll pass it off to you now nick if uh if you had any sort of final thoughts you wanted to put in here before i guess all i'd say is that i i feel blessed man this is uh i've loved ff7 since i was a kid it's uh, not only awesome to be able to talk about it, but to have people willing to listen, and to not only have people willing to listen, but those who wish to engage from us for engage with us further. Like, dude, I'll just be going through my day, and like, if FF Seven pops in my head, I just punch that Discord. I hop in there, and like, I'll see entire yeah, conversations. I'll see entire conversations that took place like three hours ago, but I'll see them. And they'll make me happy, not just because, like, there's cool FF7 theories baked into that and stuff, but just, like, I don't know, just seeing people come together and, like, get excited about this game and knowing that our podcast has helped people do that. I don't know. And yeah. It, just, it yeah, makes no. me happy. That's all I would say. It makes yeah, me no, happy I, and I feel blessed. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think I, I definitely have said many times before of, like, I had zero expectations of you know like the i only when you came to me to start doing this podcast i was like all right yeah cool this is you know a fun thing i'll do with a with a good friend of mine and we'll you know we'll we'll nerd out for a little bit for a little while and then you know even like i said even if no one listened do to we us always had the do we always had the thing like yo but like if it sucks we're, we're just gonna end the podcast like we, <laughs> yeah. we were kind of <laughs> open about that like yo what if it sucks it's yeah, like, eh, it's if like, it sucks, we just won't do it. Yeah, we just, you know, you know, we probably would have done it. We, you know, at least gone up until the game came out and then, you know, probably maybe a little bit after. But it definitely, you know, thanks to the love and support of everyone out there, Mosey Gang and Nod and just the people listening, uh, you know, definitely uh, inspired us to keep going. And, you know, even to the eventual day that there will not be any 
more FF7 things to talk about. Um, and that we will... Uh, at one day, the Midgar Minute probably will cease to be, at least in its current form. Cue Loveless. Um, Cue the Loveless speech. <laughs> Um, but you know, it, it, for the time being, uh, I'm enjoying being on the, this ride and, you know, even if, you know, one day the Midgar minute does not, uh, you know, continue to exist, uh, as we know it now, um, you know, having made these connections, uh, with these wonderful people here in the Bozy gang and anyone else who reaches out to us in the future or becomes, you know, part of our family here, um, that, that'll be worth it to me. And I've, you know, made friends here that I could totally see myself talking to and and you know bullshitting with for the rest of my life honestly uh <laughs> if they're if they're not annoyed enough uh by me at that point but yeah just the the fact that you know, I was able to you know make some new friends for this and you know have a bunch of cool people to say that I you know have the pleasure of knowing and you know yeah no I I feel blessed and and grateful and will never feel like it's enough. <laughs> I'll never, you know, even no matter how many times I'll, I'll profess my, my, gr uh, gratefulness to, to everyone here. I, I don't think it'll ever be enough, but, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, I guess that's it. Uh, I mean, we could prattle on, I guess for a little longer, but we've been, we've been going pretty long. Uh, yeah. We can clip two hours here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that being said, you know, um, if, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll probably, we would like to do more stuff like this in the future and get, uh, some other folks involved as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, you may hear from, uh, some of the people that we've uh, heard from in this episode again in the future. And, um, you know, hopefully maybe if you're listening, you know, if you want to get in on it, if you want to, you know share your theories your thoughts your opinions with us i mean you could do that for free you don't have to you don't have to pay money for that you could just you just hit us up <laughs> on our social medias or the email um yeah so you know we want to be a little bit more uh community inclusive here and and have you know because you've you've had 100 episodes of us talking you know <laughs> and you know as great as we are and as great as our voices are um you know, we, we, we definitely want to get more people involved and have this be more of a community thing because it's evolved into that. It's it's this thing has sort of grown into something bigger than just two dudes talking about a video game, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I would love to do more of this stuff in the future. And uh, hopefully we do get the chance to do that. And, yeah, um, I don't know. I guess uh, with that being said, I guess we should we should probably <laughs> mosey on out of here. Let's mosey on out of here. And, uh, you know, we'll do, I, I, I think maybe this time we'll, we'll both count it down. All right. Can we, should we do that? Can we do that? Is that allowed? That. I think we can do that. <laughs> are you, are, are you ready for it? I am ready. All right. All right. Three. Three. Two. Two. One. One. Yeah, baby. 